Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. And if you are just joining my show for the first time ever, then you probably are wondering why I keep saying good morning, afternoon, and evening. It's because we are also live on iHeartRadio, and I have a podcast that this goes to as well. So people from all over the world listen to my show. Thank you to all of my international listeners and those in other time zones that listen and and make us a a top-rated podcast and a top-rated show. I, I love the fact that in this day and age, it's just like Disney said. It's a small world after all. And since I'm based out of Florida, we really have to think about Disney because it's a major part of our culture. And one of the things that Disney is really known for is creativity and the imagineering and the dreaming and the creating something so completely different because they're willing to look at things in a different way. Today's show is all about thinking about things in a different way to create your own big idea. My guest today was one of my former clients when I owned my technology services company. He and his partner, Gary Fraser, own a company called Growth Engine Company, and they're based out of Norwalk, Connecticut, and they've worked with top companies around the world. And uh, Brian and Gary, they've done over a 1,000 brainstorming sessions, 500 focus groups that led to over three, listen to this, billion dollars in new products and services for one-third of the Fortune 100 companies. So Brian was given a challenge of seeing, can you create a workshop that teaches people how to generate truly big breakthrough ideas for new businesses? What came from that question that he was posed was his amazing new book, 21 Days to a Big Idea. And I promise you, if you read this book and work through the exercises in it, you can generate a new big idea every single day and then figure out how to bring one to market, all through using questions. So welcome, Brian Mattimore, to my show. Hey, Laura. Thanks for having me. It's it's good to reconnect with you after all these years. I always loved going by your offices in Norwalk. I mean, <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd be fixing your computers, helping you get everything together, but there'd often be some big ideation, creativity thing going on, and I'd see white pieces of paper all over the world and white all over the walls and flip charts and all this stuff, and I'm like, this is so cool, and you play with crayons. <laughs> Yeah, it it was sort of a I don't know if it was controlled chaos, but there was there was a lot going on, and and certainly there was a lot of stimulus both to uh, trigger ourselves and also to sort of record uh, client ideas. So a combination for sure. How did you and and Gary get into this business of basically the big idea? Well, I. It's interesting because we we hit it both from the inside and the outside, if you will. And what that means is, I really came at it from the outside. So I was an outside consultant. I had I was passionate about understanding the creative process. I had grown up in an entrepreneurial household. I had a, an original madman for a father. So I, I I I as far as I can remember, as long long and long ago, I can always um, see myself being interested in how people get ideas and understanding the value. Of ideas, having been raised at at my father's uh, in my father's household, if you will, and so so that was the the love for me. Um, 
And so I, I tried to figure out how I could make a living out of um, coming up with ideas, understanding ide- ideas and ideation process. And, and so that was my journey. Um, Gary uh, really came at ideas and innovation from the inside. He had a more classic background. He was, um, you know, went to Middlebury and then Wharton uh, was a finance major there. Realized when he got to uh, General Foods that he didn't like finance as much, nearly as much as marketing. Moved over to marketing at Cheeseboro Ponds and Unilever. And when he was there, he was really one of their pioneering slash best innovators. It was a, a basic love of creating the new. And so those those were our different paths, and it, it made sense for us to get together to form Growth Engine in 1999 because we brought um, different skills for sure, different you know experiences, but we had a mutual love of creating the new. I, I love the fact of how you know how you guys got together, and I didn't know that your dad was one of the original Mad Men. And for my listeners who don't know, that doesn't mean he's crazy, although some people <laughs> think that people in advertising and marketing are crazy. <laughs> Mad Men comes from the TV series Mad Men about the advertising in the 50s and 60s, those guys that basically created the industry, right? Yeah, and actually he, was, he, was, um, he wasn't a, a copywriter. He was a, sort of a promotional business guy. They, the agencies back then actually created promotions for companies. And um, I remember he, he came up with the – it was actually a radio contest, Say Pepsi, Please. It became the most successful radio contest ever. But he created that line, Say Pepsi, Please, in response to, quote, Give Me a Coke. And that became the famous line for that company for many years. You I can, remember I was, that. Well, well, I was at Cracker Barrel the other day, and they had a "Say Pepsi Please" sign. I took a picture of it, you know. Um, but but it, was, it started as a radio contest where people would be recorded saying "Say Pepsi Please." The radio would then play it over the air, and if you could recognize your voice being played over the air, you would then call up and get a prize. And so it became it was it was brilliant branding, right? You had you know tens of thousands of people saying "Say Pepsi Please" and being recorded. So it was it was it was it truly was a brilliant idea. And so I grew up in that environment, and then he went on to form the second largest research firm in the country, Sammy, which he named after our dog, uh, <laughs> by the way. Um, and that was a competitor of Nielsen, and that was since uh, bought, you know, merged with Burke and controlled data. It was, it was under the auspices of Time Incorporated, and then um, ultimately it was merged with IRI, the, the big uh, research firm today. So anyway, so I grew up in a family of ideas and, and where ideas were championed. I'm going to guess that at your dinner table, it wasn't your usual dinner conversation. <laughs> well, no, for, dinner was generally in front of the TV, so maybe that was normal. But, but my the great, the, the wonderful, you know, we're watching combat or something on TV. But, but during the commercials, the fun thing was my father would always uh, critique the commercials and talk about, you know, geez, that those craft ads they have the best food photography on the planet, or, you know. That when they drop that, that TV from a radio platform, there's actually sand in the TV, or all those sort of inside stories of having been in the industry and having thought a lot about um, how to communicate uh, through advertising. So that was, that was you know, extraordinarily, f- that, was, that was as much fun as watching Combat on TV, the show, with Vic Morrow. <laughs> the inside scoop on what's really going on behind the scenes. I love that. Now, I know that you... And, and Gary and your company are really big on using questioning to create change. 
but, we are. But there's yeah. there's a, a definition I think we need to start at before we we start diving really deep in depth because you guys use ideation, which is very different from innovation. Yes. And I'd, I'd like us to to start off by defining ideation versus innovation so that we can have a basis for people to leap off from. Yep. Well, yeah, thank you for that, um, you know, defining terms here. And actually, to define ideation successfully, we actually need to mention brainstorming. Um, brainstorming, as the listeners probably know, was um, it's a technique where you withhold judgment, right? And people say there are no bad ideas, uh, which, of course, is ridiculous. Most of the ideas in a session are bad. <laughs> Only about 10% are, are really good. Um, so that's, and, and then uh, quantity will equal quality. So those are the rules of brainstorming. That was invented in the late 1930s by Alex Osborne, the O of BBDO ad, ad agency. And that was, you know, that was an okay technique. There's since been research that's shown that it's not particularly effective uh, for getting really breakthrough ideas. And that's why, that's how ideation has come to be, because ideation really is now, since the 70 or 80 years since, since brainstorming was invented, um, ideation is now a whole range of techniques that are distinguished from brainstorming in that they use triggers to trigger the brain to get new ideas, or the simple word is stimuli. Um, and, and certainly great questions are interesting stimuli, but, you know, they're you could use visual stimuli, you could use words, phrases, you know, pictures, et cetera, et cetera, um, to, to get people thinking differently. And so that, those, these are techniques that are now known as ideation, and there are hundreds of these, and we've invented a bunch of these that are now in the creativity literature uh, against specific challenges we've had for our clients. And finally, innovation. Well, innovation really is the process, in the way we define it, is the process of bringing um, ideas, you know, created through ideation, uh, bringing those ideas to market successfully. So you ideate new ideas and you innovate those ideas to create successful uh, new ventures, businesses, promotions, whatever you want to call it. So you need both. You do. And, and, and what people also don't understand is that ideation tools and techniques, which we are expert at, can be used not only to get the big idea, you know, we've had clients say to us, hey, our problem isn't isn't ideas. We've got plenty of ideas, which, by the way, is often not the case, but, <laughs> but, they, but they say that. Um, but they, they say our big problem is getting these ideas to market successfully. And, and they're right about that. I mean, it's, it's, in some ways, it's a lot harder to, to, to bring an idea to market than it is to get that original eureka moment. And, and you can use the techniques that we use um, to, to, to bring those ideas to market successfully. Because if you think about innovation and, and bring those ideas to market, it's really just other creative problems to be solved, right? They could be political challenges. You know, they could be funding challenges. They could be, you know, manufacturing challenges, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so all the techniques we use in ideation, we've also successfully used um, to innovate the things and, and, and bring them to market successfully. I love that because if you just have an idea and don't do anything with it, then it really, it's nothing. It's the, the people, and we're going to have to go into our first commercial break. Yeah. Right? And I want to explore this idea some more and then talk about some different ways people can begin going from creating that idea to 
actually making it real and knowing which one it is they need to quote unquote click on. So we'll be right back with more from Brian Manamore, author of 21 Days to a Big Idea, Creating Breakthrough Business Concepts. Stay tuned. So, Brian, um, before the commercial break, we were talking about the idea. Well, we were talking about ideation versus innovation, but we were also talking about how questions can really drive creating a new idea idea, and taking it to market. And you were asked a question from a Columbia business professor of entrepreneurship, who I still want to meet, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> He's a um, great guy. <laughs> you're going to have, uh, hopefully at some point you can, you can hook me up with him. I have so many questions yeah. for him, but uh-huh. um, how did that develop it? Because when I read your book and knowing you, I was like, that question you lived while you're creating this book, 21 Days to a Big Idea, correct or not correct? That is absolutely correct. Um, I, you know, the, the professor's name is Bob Dorf, and he's famous in the world of uh, lean innovation. He's a great guy. He lives in Stanford. I've known him for 30 years, and we, we, you know, we were on the board of the homeless shelter together in Stanford and, and got to know him by working with him on marketing programs for that and we created the tagline a haven of hope for this for the homeless shelter there etc cetera, etc cetera. Oh, thank you and so um bob came to me and he said you know um my my students at columbia but, but also it, it was initially his students at skolkovo university in moscow he said you know their ideas for new businesses aren't great i can help them get these ideas to market you know successfully all the disciplines they need but their original ideas aren't any good he said only about one out of 12 are any good and he said can you help them come up with better ideas or if you will big ideas and so i said well let me think about it and what i decided was i decided yes i would help them um, but the, the other decision I made is I said if, if I'm going to really sort of walk my talk here, right, I should, you know, develop the process by having created a big idea for myself every day. And originally I said, you know, 30 days, and then I changed it to 21 days because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it became really hard. So I said, let me just make it 21 days. Um, and I did that. And I so every day I gave myself the task of creating a big idea for 21 days. And in the in the process of doing in that, I was also watching my own creative process and coming up with ideas so I could build the program. So I was schizophrenic or I was of two minds as I was doing this. I was, if you will, I was learning how to play tennis and I was playing tennis at the same time. And, and so that's the story of that book. And as you know, because, because you've read it, there, you know, there, there are five different sort of thinking strategies I, I identified. And then like a dozen or nine or ten uh, different uh, ideation techniques, specific techniques. And then there are concept development techniques. And the basic premise is that if you, almost like an exercise program, if you do this an hour a day, generate a big idea every day for 21 days, at the end of that you'll have, you know, at least 21 big ideas. And from that, you should have a really big idea. Because, you know, most, as as I said earlier, you know, a lot of ideas aren't any good. You may think it's a big idea, and it may not be. So it's it's somewhat of a numbers game. And so that's why I designed this thing as, quote, the 21-day experiment, um, because I really wanted people to be able to do it and have success with it. So give us an example of what one of those days looked like for you. Well, 
so again, we get back to this idea that stimuli is critical, right? Because um, if you're sitting there and you know twiddling your thumbs trying to come up with a big idea, I'll tell you, it's really hard. Uh, you know, and if if I went into an Oreo or a Chips Ahoy creativity session, which which we've done, and said, you know, who's got some ideas? They should throw me out of the room because they've been thinking about that for a hundred years. And so, the key to all this is to bringing in stimuli to trigger your brain. And so, one of the easiest things you can do, and 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 and, and now, happily, you know, we have so much stimuli, you know, mental fodder, food for creativity, if you will. There are, you know, one of the best is trend reports, right? There are free trend reports, uh, Cassandra, uh, Sparks and Honey, um, you know, trendhunter.com. These are fantastic, fantastic resources that tell you what's happening in the world for new trends, okay? And so you can take those and use those as, as thought starters and stimulus. Um, another thing you can do is that there are scientific studies out there that are available online about new things that have happened. And, and, and then there's certainly per- periodicals. Um, and, I'll, and if you want, I can tell a, a quick story about, quote, a big idea that, that I came up with by, by using a periodical. But the point here behind all this is that, um, you know, if, if I could say one thing about the way to, to make, help yourself get big ideas um, is, is, to, is to find stimuli around areas that you're passionate about. Well, it because, sounds like you have yeah. to be open to anything. Like, you, you have to be, just say, let me just absorb whatever's going on around me and my environment. Maybe it's all of a sudden I just start seeing red cars or, um, <laughs> you know, a bee lights on a flower and does the pollination thing. I mean, you told this story of the cotton gin in your book about how he discovered that. It sounds like you're saying in order to create your big ideas, you have to be willing to look outside your usual avenues of where an idea might come from. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like you have an antenna in the brain, right? And you, you, sort, of, you sort of tweak it and, and tune it to, to inspiration, if you will. So you're looking for inspiration. That, that's one thing. The other thing I, I also recommend is that people sort of identify areas that they want to create their ideas in um, because, you know, if you have a big idea that you're not interested in doing, it's, it's not valuable. So one of the first exercises in the book early on is to say identify your passions. And I, I listed 50 possible areas where I might want to invent a big idea. So that, that's, that's critical to, to start with that. But then, you know, there, there are five strategies. You know, one, and the simplest is, quote, what's the problem? So you have an area you're interested in. You're all, oh, you're just look, and that's a question, right? You know, so you're constantly looking around your world for, for where their problems are. And these could be simple problems. You know, I can't find my keys. You know, I, I, you know my mouth is dry at night, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, you know, Biotin is a $100 million business. Business, you know, or or even I can't breathe at night. You know, the 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 the, the thing through your nose the there. Breathe um, right strips, yeah, yeah, the breathe right. That's also a hundred million dollar business. So, Spanx. so these can be <laughs> <laughs> these can be small small things. So one of them it could be what's the problem. Another strategy is how do I adapt or leverage a new technology. Another one that that I have great passion for is how can you help people self actualize. How can you help them uh, find new uh, business, new ways to, to be better people? Um, certainly saving people or institutions or c- corporations money. And then also finding out ways to save people time or uh, increase the efficiency of something. All of these are effective strategies for developing new business concepts. 
But then you need to, after you come up with the idea, do something with it. So you've got your, you know, you've got your 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 radar set. You've got you've identified areas that you might want to invent in, say maybe toys or or healthcare, whatever it is. You've identified those areas. Then um, you've got your antenna set, so you're looking around your world. Your 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 you know your your cocktail parties and people are talking about, you know, they tripped over something or they have a shin splint or you know you're you're sort of hearing the world differently now. You're hearing it as input for creative solutions or finding problems. That's one thing. Um, the other is to be proactive and go in and start looking for these trends, as I alluded to before. Um, and, and you know, one example I, I gave in the book, as you know, was, you know, I, 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 you can, re- you can right, read. and we're going to hold that example because we're sure, going to be cut okay. off by the news in a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. I'd like everybody to think about this during news break. Take a look at one thing in the room right in front of you and say, how can that be improved? And we'll be right back with more from Brian Matamor. If you're just joining us live on the radio on Waxy, AM, FM, or on iHeartRadio around the world, you know that you might not know that we are talking to Brian Matamor, author of 21 Days to a Big Idea, and a former client of mine back when I had my tech company. And I always loved going into your offices, Brian, as we talked about at the top of the hour, because it was so much fun and made me think differently. You know, I think one of the things I love about your book is you teach people how to look at the same things that they've been looking at, the same words, the same concepts, the same ideas, but differently. Yeah, you know, and I, they're, they're, I think there are creativity consultants out there who will tell you that this is hard uh, to coming up with new ideas, but it's not. It's not hard. It's easy. You have these little tricks you can use. It's almost like a magic act for your own brain that you can use to, to come up with, with breakthrough ideas. And on the break, we had talked about maybe sharing one of these. And so um, one of the in the book, um, and by the way, in, in coming up with an idea, is you, you combine this thing with that thing to get a new thing. That's all it is, right? You, you go, it's generally you combine two things and you get a new idea, right? So if you have an area of passion, you know, it could be healthcare, it could be sports, it, it doesn't matter, toys, it doesn't matter. Um, you could you could take one of those specific things, like say basketball, right? And you could combine it with some trigger words. And I've got uh, ten of these in the book, um, or modifiers. One is smart, one is speed, one is education, information, health, virtual, digital, futuristic, mobile, growing, expanding. So you just combine those with this area of passion or interest. So, you know, so what's a smart basketball? Well, uh, what could a smart basketball be? It's and if you think about it for a second, it's really not that hard to come up with an idea. Um, a smart basketball could could give feedback to the player and the coach about their performance. And indeed, there's recently been a, a there's a there's a, is a smart basketball out there. It's called the 9450, and it will uh, allow coaches to train their players to pass the ball faster. So, um, so that's a good example of. Something very, very simple, a process, a, a trick, if you will, that's very simple. And I will tell you, you put smart in front of anything, smart water, smart cup, smart refrigerator, smart telephone, anything, and I guarantee you, you'll start getting some new ideas. Well, I mean, smart water, it's my favorite water, and I definitely know that for myself, I do think clearer and function better when I drink smart water. 
yeah, so there you go. I mean, you wouldn't think you could have smart water or even or even smart beer, right? Uh, but but there, I will say there is a smart beer out there. It's developed from some guys in uh, Copenhagen, if I'm remembering, and they they uh, their insight was that if you drink a little bit, not much, but if you drink a little bit, you tend to be a little more creative. And so on the side of the bottle, they have you the amount that you should drink to just be a little more creative. But you certainly don't want to get get um, overly you don't you don't want to get drunk because that's not going to work but uh <laughs> so but, how do you get you go. just Smart buzzed beer, enough right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, a, just a very little little right well, you know it's it's fascinating when you say just put smart in front of it because you know i look at it and go okay i'm i'm in a radio station right now and i'm talking into a microphone smart microphone is there a way to make a microphone that would let you know just by looking at the microphone whether your levels were okay without having to look at at boards and screens and stuff so that the hosts of the radio show would know immediately so they don't have to look over at the producer. Or if you're a podcaster, you would know immediately at home while you're recording it. So somebody out there, if you can think of a way to make a smart microphone, maybe there's one out there. I just don't know about it. Well, That's I, so cool. I, as you were talking in my mind's eye, I saw that it would it would change colors based on level. So if it's really too hot, it would be red, and if it's really too low, it might be blue, and the right amount is green or blue, yellow, green, whatever. But as you're talking, you could you could see the levels um, on the microphone itself. It could change colors itself. For instance, I, I mean, you know, I don't know if that works or not. But well, right now you see that talking. on a computer screen or on a, a board, you would see yeah. that level. But when you're in a station or you're on a podcast, you're focused on your guest. So yes. how do you look at those things? Yeah, so if it's just if it's just kind of there right as you're looking at your guest, I, the microphone itself is changing, not the, I don't know. Um, okay, so I, if somebody creates it, you and I both get a commission, right? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. We, you know, we create a lot of, you know, we cre- we helped, uh, you know, Chips Ahoy cre- created the Brownie Chips Ahoy, and, and it's been this huge success. It's become a platform for them. You know, and they now have six or seven other products in that same line. You know, in our consulting work, we, we obviously don't take to- take royalties, but um, but that's okay. We have the joy of helping them create it, so we're happy with that. All right, so if somebody takes this idea of putting smart in front of something. Yep. What's the next step once they've come up with a list? Yeah, there there there's some some easy next steps. Um and and one of them is to make if it's a product and let's just make it simple, we'll call it a product. Um my recommendation is you make an ugly prototype, okay? And people say, well, what are you talking about, ugly prototype? Well, what that means is create something, you know, you can use duct tape and cardboard and, and all the rest um, if you want. We have found, because as you know, we've done a lot of, quote, focus group research, ethnographies, those are home interviews, one-on-one, shop-alongs. We do a lot of research. And if your prototype is too finished, people tend not to give you very good um, feedback on it. Because if it's too finished, they, they feel bad about saying that they really don't like the idea. If it's an ugly prototype, oh, my gosh, they, they jump into telling you what they really think right away. Uh, we were doing a project for Dr. Scholes, which led to these air, air dream walk um, inserts that, that created, you know, cooling, automatic cooling in the insoles. Well, we, the prototypes we created, they said we can do 3D printing and there'll be beautiful prototypes. We said, no, we don't want those. We're going to make our own prototypes out of cardboard and duct tape because we know we will get better input. 
Um, so that would be step one, you know, create a prototype. All right. Now, say you're creating a prototype. So we're yep. going to kind of launch into a little bit of a legal conversation here. Yep. Um, how, once you've come up with an idea like this, now we've rattled a bunch off on the radio, so obviously they're free for all, anybody that does anything with them, right? Yeah. Uh, just remember where you heard them. But <laughs> <laughs> so somebody comes up with this idea, they create their duct tape, whatever prototype, sort of yep. the way the woman who created Spanx just took pantyhose and cut them and then started showing people and then it developed into Spanx. Yep. How do you sort of make sure when you're testing with people, do you have them sign non, you know, confidentialities or does it not really matter at that point? Um, you can. Uh, you know, generally you can start with sort of friends and, and family and those kind of people. And, and you have to be very careful to be reading body language, even with friends and family, because you'll show it to them. And sometimes they look at, they give you this, they don't mean to, but they'll give you a pathetic look, like you're sort of <laughs> have lost your way or something. You, you, that may be an indication it's, it's an idea they don't particularly like. Um, but you can, you can do friends and family and friends of friends and people at the, at the club and people in your, you know, your book club, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so that's one way to sort of, if you will, protect it. Um, but you, we, frankly, are less concerned about that, and I think the listener should be less concerned. Um, I, you know, you can, and, and you can certainly apply for patents and all that kind of stuff, but you, you don't know if it's a good idea yet. And what you'll find is that when you show it around, that idea will most likely evolve into something that's different and, 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 you know, possibly a great idea, but, but, but better than what you'd originally thought. So you start showing it around. Um, I, my recommendation is not to be overly concerned about the intellectual property part of it. At the early um, stage, you want to early, just early stages, see if it's real. Really- you don't know if you have anything. And by the way, that's the 21 days to a big idea. It was so you'd have a lot of these ideas. So you wouldn't be, if you had a bad idea that, you know, as you're bringing out and people really don't like it, you're not crushed because then you have other ideas you're exploring as well. I love in your book, you talk about develop, writing the worst ideas. Yes. You know, that's a technique we use. That, that's another fun technique. Um, we, uh, it's a technique we use in our ideation sessions or brainstorming sessions, whatever you want to call them. And they, it sounds stupid and ridiculous, but it actually works. We, we were with a large information services company, and we said, what's your worst idea? Well, the worst idea for them is to give away their information because they charge for it. When we explored that worst idea, and by the way, the, the way it works is you come up with, you know, 20 bad ideas. You pick a really bad one. You say either what's the opposite of this idea or as bad as it is, can I turn it into something I can use? And so in the case of the information company, um, we said, well, don't give away your information. Give away part of the information. And when they started doing that, it created uh, people who wanted to be part of their database, who were in there for free. It created a more robust database, which made it a more valuable service, and it also allowed them to upsell to those people for, for quote, a better listing, a more uh, detailed listing. And so this created a multi-million dollar uh, division for them, um, and that came directly out of the worst idea. So it, it sounds stupid, <laughs> but it's not. It's effective, and it works. Well, I'm thinking that Pet Rock was probably something the guy thought was the worst idea ever, and he made millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. I, some of your listeners may not even know what that is, but Google uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> We're showing our age here with the I Pet know, Rock. I know, I know, I know, I know. 
Um, all right. So we, we've given a couple of good examples of some techniques. We've done the put the smart in front of a, a word and, and see what ideas you can generate with it. And then you can do another one, which is take the worst idea, just a list of the worst ideas in the world, and then see if there's anything in there that potentially is amazing. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and the we other have thing twenty-two is, seconds, so maybe not. <laughs> well, the other thing is to get a whiteboard and just start putting all kinds of ideas on a whiteboard and somewhere public that you can see it, and keep adding to those. And as you do that, you will find you will get more and more ideas. I had the idea of creating a little bracelet that had uh, a GPS chip in it, um, so that you could track dogs and whatever i never did anything with it and all of a sudden it's it's everywhere but i never did anything with it and we'll be right back with more from brian Mattimore. success comes from not only what you know but also who you know welcome back to it's all about the questions with award-winning author laura stewart Brian, I, I keep saying we've got. I've got to figure out a way to get the time that we talk in between um, the segments because there's so much great, great stuff that we talk about in there. Um, you started to talk about during the break a process. Yeah, well, the um, I mentioned the whiteboard technique. It was it's we created it for one of our clients. It's, we think of it as an interactive suggestion board, and that whiteboard technique allows. Uh, the, the suggestion boards have been a dismal failure, people may know, in, in corporate America. There are exceptions, Deloitte, Dart Industries, Toyota, Frito-Lay. But for the most part, uh, suggestion boxes don't work. And so this was a very simple solution to that. We said, why don't suggestion boxes work? Well, they don't, um, they don't allow people to build on ideas, number one. And ideas need building, you know. And, and you also don't get soak time. Uh, so we created this whiteboard technique where managers can just put a challenge in the center of the whiteboard. They can change it every week um, and, and invite themselves. And, and if you're an individual at home, you can invite your family members to just write down ideas. So if you want to invent a new toy or something, you could, you could put a question on there because questions will often lead to really cool ideas. It could be answers. It could be interesting research. It could be a technology that you heard about. You know, uh, in the book I talk about cardboard, that a guy made a bike out of cardboard, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you fill this whiteboard with, with um, questions, ideas, facts, et cetera, et cetera. And you get the advantage of a lot of people contributing, hopefully, but also soak time. And what you'll find is you'll, you'll probably start making connections between from things that are in different parts of the whiteboard. And we've we've a lot of clients now have done this technique very, very successfully. And it doesn't cost anything. And, uh, you know, we were working with uh, Armored Auto, and they created a new package just by putting this thing um, in, in the cafeteria for everybody to uh, input on. I love that. Is that one of the ways that you begin to teach your clients to ask better questions? It, it is, because um, you see this stuff. And, by the way, in, in the work we do, there, there are really four categories of ideation techniques, and one of the major categories is questioning techniques. They're, they're metaphorical metaphorical techniques, their visual techniques, and their fantasy techniques. But the questioning area um, is critical for strategic challenges. And so we use that a, a tremendous amount. We get people to frame challenges differently. Um, you know, w- when we were working with Black & Decker to invent a new iron, we didn't say invent a new iron. We said inv- invent a new anti-wrinkle device. 
um, and actually we said invent a new karmic care device, but, but by changing the frame, by asking a different question, you get, uh, you get potentially better answers, more creative answers, because there's so many preconceptions about what an iron is. Yeah, that's true. So a garment care device. And, and I love how you said change the frame. The whole idea of why I created this show was to help people learn different ways of framing things. Because you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't have people challenging you with different ways of thinking, you could be stuck in the thinking of your own thinking and those around you. So how about how to expand it? So I love that you said that. Yeah, and in, in 21 Days for a Big Idea, and also the other book, Idea Stormers, which is, which is really great a, book. I a, a thank you. <laughs> it's a team creativity book. There are, you know, there are questioning te- techniques in there, like questioning assumptions or 20 questions or the problem redefinition technique, which we've used to help salespeople come up with new sales ideas. We worked with one company. They increased sales by uh, 52% just by using that, that one technique, problem redefinition. Um, and so... Uh, part of the thought here is that these techniques are not only just for new products and services, but, you know, they can help you come up with, with new sales ideas, for instance. And we have uh, creativity workshops that are focused on um, new products and services, of course, but also on helping salesmen to do a better job in their selling, to, to come up with more and better ideas to make more and better sales. How does somebody get a copy of your book or reach out to you if they're interested in some consulting, a workshop, or just have a question? Yeah, or even keynote speeches. We do a lot of those as well. Yeah, they're um, they're free to. Um, I'll, I'll give them my telephone number if they want. My my direct dial is two zero three. This is in Connecticut. Two zero three eight five seven four four nine four. There's a lot of stuff on the website. There's some tools on the website. There's a lot of articles I've written. Um, the website is uh, growth-engine.com. And, of course, all the books, the, the three books that I've written are available on, you know, Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble, et cetera, all the online services. Um, so, yeah, we're – and my, my email is uh, bmattamore at growth-engine.com. So, you know, we, we, we tend not to work with inventors, if you will, or, or even so much with startups, but, but we're – you know, I'm happy to – to talk with with people and and certainly i'm even happier to talk to corporations who might need some help yeah absolutely and and everybody i've known brian for a really really long time and his partner gary fraser and they're real people and they want to help and they want to make a difference so growth-engine.com and your phone number again was 203-857-4494 last thought you'd like to share with my listeners brian well, I I think it's important for people to know that that they should never feel that they can't get an idea. Um, the my books and there are other books out there, of course, as well. It's got you know the, the world has moved to the point where there's so much stimuli out there. There's so much learning. There's so much, and if you can add the creative element to that, um, you can you can find that that thing you're looking for in terms of a big idea. It takes work. It's it you don't don't expect it to you know, come out of the heavens and open up, it could, but, but you know, use some of these disciplines, and, and, and they work. I mean, we've validated those over, you know, 1,500 ideation sessions, and, and so I would just say um, my, my, my thought of hope for people is if they feel stuck, you know, be creative. I mean, you know, we, we had a 
some business challenges, and so we were creative about our own challenges. I mean, we invented disruptive wargaming uh, strategy service and creativity training as a service we do, and TradeLink is working with, you know, Walmart and suppliers to come up with new ideas. So we didn't, you know, when the economy turned, we didn't, you know, we were sad about it, but we were creative about our own processes to come up with new services that we could sell. And I would hope uh, your listeners would, would feel that way after after looking at either reading my books or learning about some of these processes. And you make it so simple to sort of trigger that with your book and, and you have a game and, and some other things that are out there as well, like just putting the word smart in front of something just to start stimulating yourself. I, I want to thank you for making it easy when you're feeling stuck to think differently. Yeah, well, thank you. And I, I've, I've always felt that the right brain uh, likes simple, and we spent a lot of time and energy trying to make these things simple so that people aren't, you know, well, how do you do that? It's more doing it. And, and you know, the best teachers uh, try to make things simple, and, and that's what we would aspire to. And I want to thank Bob Dorf for posing the question to you that Me led too. to the creation <laughs> of 21 Days to a Big Idea. And, and my agent for hearing my talk that I gave on that and saying that should be a book. And so she was the one that really created the book. She, uh, she heard my talk and said, geez, that should be a book. And I said, I don't want to write a book. I just wrote a book. She said, no, no, I can sell it. So, <laughs> so that's what she did. <laughs> well, I think that talk should become a TED Talk. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, we're going to be looking forward to seeing what your next book is. But I, I love this book. It's available everybody, anywhere books are sold. 21 Ideas. I cannot talk today. 21 Days to a Big Idea with Brian Mattimore. Thanks for being on the show today, Brian. Thanks, Laura. You were great. I, gee, I loved your questions, and, and it was really fun, so thank you. It was a lot of fun for me, too. I always love connecting with people that uh, have always inspired me over the course of my own career. So um, please say hi to Gary. I know he had to go to um, one of your clients today. One so. of those pesky clients, yes. Yes, but you know, I'm sure he's inspiring them to create new um, innovative ideas that are going to change our world. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah, well, it's for a champagne, so he's having fun. Oh, awesome. All right, everybody, remember the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 